Welcome to another episode of Completely Cricket Podcast, where you get your weekly cricket news in under 40 minutes. In today's episode, we'll be looking at cricket news over the last week. England-West Indies series dilemmas, the second part of our Future Stars series, and upcoming cricket over the next week. If you don't know what the Future Stars series is, basically, me and Aaron Ash, we each make squads of cricket talents who are under 25 years of age each week. Last week, we did the T20 version. Uh, I would recommend you check that out. Uh, this week is the ODI episode. So we'll be discussing our ODI squad, which we made just prior to this episode. And next week, we're going to be looking at the test, the test, um, our test squads. So the criteria for this is that the players must be under 25 years of age and they must have played under uh, so 20 matches. So that's what we're going to be doing today, so the ODI version. Anyway, without further ado, let's get started. Yeah, let's uh, let's start with the series results over the last week. The two main series that probably uh, dominated what people are watching is the Australia-Sri Lanka T20s and the India-Sri Lanka T20s that are still going on. The series is still continuing. There's actually the third T20s happening uh, today. Um, the series is India-Sri Lanka. It's India leading 2-0. Uh, yeah, I think the key points of that series would be um, Ishan Kishan um, sort of coming of age, scoring very well, um, batting impressively you know he's he's rather than just being explosive getting out very quickly sort of shown he can you know, build up an innings pretty well especially when Rohit Sharma hasn't really been scoring much and Shreyas Iyer um, also he's been he I think he's played at 25 T20s but um, he's shown that you know he can really score and he's got a really healthy average and a good strike rate and him as well as a number three batsman I think he's like the perfect player as a number three sort of questions where Virat Kohli comes into your team um, in T20s so I think Virat Kohli's T20 exploits for internationally might come towards an end. But anyway, um, how how what are the key points of the Australia T20 series, Aid? So so far we've got the Australia Sri uh, Lanka, and then uh, it's four one. It was four one how it ended, and uh, it may set, seem like sort of demolishing, but uh, Sri Lanka they did do quite well in a couple of the games. We saw uh, a super over in one of the games. It was, it was nice to see a super over. We've also seen Australia's bowling attack. It's seen, it's it's improving. The consistency is doing much better. We've got obviously we know about Mitchell Stark, excellent bowler. Um, we've also got Josh Hazelwood, and he's been in regular wickets. Economy is always very good. And we've also got another bowler, Kane Richardson. He's been doing really well. I think in one of the games he got three wickets, with twenty-one, I think it was, and very good economy. So as a whole, I think Australia doing very well. Uh, with their bowling, it's really been improving in consistency. And yeah, Sri Lanka, they're looking really good. I think uh, just a couple of close encounters could have gone either way, really. And uh, I think Sri Lanka really an improving team. I'm sure in the future, they, they've got they've had some really good series going on, plenty of cricket for them. And get Australia, I think Sri Lanka did really well. I think Kusal Mendes, he has some good innings. And yeah, so Sri Lanka came... Just close there, 4-1, but I think uh, Sri Lanka will improve and uh, Australia, obviously, an improving team, doing really well. And yeah, so Sri Lanka will improve, I'm sure. Yeah, I think Australia really playing like um, the team that won the World Cup last year. With the World Cup coming this year, uh, Australia looked really uh, comfortable. And I also think Sri Lanka looked pretty decent as well. They've shown that they can fight. They've got a load of new players coming in. Um, I think we talked about um, Hish Stikshana, um last episode in our T20 Future Stars series. Uh, 
that uh, he play. He's like a mystery spinner, and he um, can bowl with a uh, good turn, and he can get some good flight as well. Uh, yeah, I think with um, the T Twenty World Cup coming, I think it's the end of the towards the end of this year, and that's in Australia. Australia looking really, um, really well to get another T Twenty World Cup. Two in two years would be incredibly impressive, but um, uh, that's just uh, that's just speculation, pretty much. But. Yeah, coming on to the starting to come to the main part of this episode, I think our, the, the what we wanted to talk about was England and West the England West Indies um, series that's coming up soon, and the selection issues that England are having. We've had um, Joe Root publicly say that he um, thinks he's the right man to go to number three in the batting order, uh, previously being in number four throughout the entire of. Um, last year and scoring 1,700 runs, which is uh, the third most ever in a uh, calendar year for Test cricket. But for some reason he wants to, uh, he wants to move up to number three. It, it, it's it might seem a bit like why why are you disturbing something that's going so well? But I think there is a bit of thought into it. And I think it it could be successful. What do you feel about um, in Joe Root moving to number three, Zaid? Yeah, I think it's actually a really good move. I think uh, a few episodes ago I actually said I really want to see him in number three. I think he, he brings much more solidity in that top order. Obviously, we've seen the top three. They've really been struggling, really, in the Ashes and previously. And, um, yeah, I really think Joe Root will bring that sort of stability into that top order. And um, I think we've also got a new new opening partnership, I think Alex Lees. I think he's coming in to open with Zach Rorty. So it's looking good at the top. I think it's the right decision to bring Joe Root at number three. I think he's correct in wanting to go there. And like that was really what I was thinking. If he wants to go there, then yeah, then so I just think Joe Root is the correct decision to put him at number three because he'll probably he's had an amazing uh cup past couple of years. We've seen him in Sri Lanka, India, everywhere really. He's been getting loads of runs. So I think at number three, he'll be able to get more stability. And also we've got some great young players coming in. I think we've got Ben Folks, we've got uh, Dan Lawrence. They, they can also uh, show what they're made of. That also gives them opportunity in the middle order for players to come in. So, yeah, I think I think it's the correct decision for Joe Root to be at number three. And, yeah, what do you think about it? Honestly, the, the, yeah, you're pretty much right, but there's also the flip side. Because, um, obviously, if you move him up to number three, who's going to be your number four? And they have to be, as a number four, you've got to do what Joe Root did. And that means being solid, um, scoring at a good pace. That's the real key thing. A number four batsman, even if they come in early with England's like, um, previously shaky openers and top order, they still need to be able to, obviously, um, stop the flow of wickets and then start scoring really positively. And I don't think there's anyone really, like, who can do that role. Like, okay, you could say Ben Stokes, but... Uh, ben Stokes is more suited to a number five where the ballers, by the time he comes in, it might be swinging um, less and there'll be less shine on the ball. He can play a lot freely. I don't think he's suitable for a number four. So for me, as as a um, as a England fan, I would be worried because, you know, if you're going to move Joe Root to number three, you're going to have a, a vacancy in number four. And I don't think there's anyone to fill that space. Do you think there's anyone who could possibly be our uh, number four permanently, like a long-term number four? Well, I think... I, I agree with you. I don't think there's anyone really that can take on that role for what Joe... Obviously, we want number four. We want to have what Joe Root did. But I still think if Joe Root moves to number three, yes, you've got a vacancy number four. But for me, that four to seven role, for me, those four players are probably going to be Dan Lawrence, uh, Johnny Besto, Ben Stokes and 
Ben Folks. I'd probably have Dan Lawrence at number four. Obviously, he's young, and I don't think he'll provide exactly what Joe Root would have been able to do. But in the short time we've seen him play test cricket, I think he's really be doing well. So I think at number four, that'll be, for me, I think he, he'll do well at number four. And obviously with Joe Root at number three, you're, you're probably assuming that Joe Root's going to, as well, when Dan Lawrence come in, Joe Root's either still there or has already got you a nice platform to build up. So I think Dan Lawrence will be uh, much more comfortable batting once he's got Joe Root. He knows Joe Root's there just a, ahead of him. So he's got someone you can rely on if if he's not really, if he's a bit struggling, he can take some time if he needs to. And um, I think he's the correct man for number four. So for me, I think I would have uh, Zach Roy, Alex Lee's opening, then Joe Root three, Dan Lawrence four, then probably Ben Stokes five. As you said, Ben Stokes more suited to number five. We've seen him in the Ashes before, amazing player. And then I'd probably get uh, Johnny Bairst at six and uh, Ben Folks seven. And I think that top seven looks much better than the Ashes. I think it looks much more solid. And um, yeah, I just think bring Joe Root to three and Dan Lawrence at four, I think it's going to be much more of a like uh, much much more of a comfortable role for all the players because Joe Root he's doesn't I don't think it really matters where Joe Root goes I think he will perform no matter what I think there's some stats he got his average for opening was I think 40 or 30 and then top five he obviously does well so Joe Root's okay I just think that Dan Lawrence will do well after he knows that Joe Root he can be comfortable there uh, with Joe Root knowing ahead of him yeah, uh, I think it also shows that England have sort of, they, even though Dad Milan did pretty decently in the first few Australia tests, and he's he's a, a batsman who can um, wipe the shine off the ball. And he sort of look he is a number three in T20 cricket, and he also be a number three in test cricket. But it sort of looks like they've completely overlooked him and sort of dismissed his future because obviously with England resetting their team and Dad Milan not even being involved, people like Dom Sibley also not being involved, it's sort of suggesting that, you know, they've, that England gone past Dowd Milan, which I don't really think is fair. I think he should be really... I think Dowd Milan has done enough to uh, deserve his number three spot. What do you feel about Dowd Milan? Yeah, so it's a great, great uh, point about Dowd Milan. Like, it's a bit unfair on him. But I think that just goes to show that the fact that they have overlooked Dowd Milan and that the, that batting still looks good, that shows that there has been some change since the Ashes and... I think um, that just goes to show that their batting has still got some hope. So England, um, they, they still got options, even if they don't put Darren Milan in. Now, I think Darren Milan has a left hand as well. You always like a left hand combination with the right hander. So for me, maybe I think an option, um, maybe possibly a better option might be to have Darren Milan back in and Joe at number four. But I don't know what Joe really thinks about that at this point. But yeah, I think, as you said, Dalmanan has done enough to earn his role. Like, what more do you want him to do? It's like amazing plays. In the short time he's been playing, it hasn't been that long, really, if you think about it. I think 2017 he began. So, um, yeah, I think perhaps it would be the best idea to bring Dalmanan back in. Or maybe it could be another option to uh, try him as opening, uh, batting, maybe with Zach Crowley or Alex Lee's. Or, but for this series, I would go with Alex Lee's opening. I, wanna, I really want to see how he, he plays and how what he can show playing the England team. So, yeah, I think it's a bit unfair on Dowd Milan, but it just goes to show that England have a lot of variety, a lot of options to go with. Yeah, um, 
also you've mentioned um, Ben Folks as your keeper repeatedly. Um, honestly, he's a good keeper, but Josh Butler, except for like in Australia, he was doing his keeping's perfect, and he didn't really contribute too much at the back. Johnny Bairstow can keep really well. I I don't think Ben Folks has done enough in terms of run scoring with England's batting order known to be really fragile. You want score people who can who scored runs in the past and can score. Ben Folks has done a few glimpses of his talent, but um, that he he wouldn't for me. I wouldn't put. I don't think I'd put him in this team. I think I would put um, uh, someone like Ollie Pope in, and then but then there's really a question of who's going to be your number seven. I don't think Ollie mm, Ollie Pope. I don't really know because um, I don't know. I think uh, to me, I feel like Dan Lawrence should be a number seven and Ollie Pope at four. Um, because but then obviously Ollie Pope has just got out really cheaply recently, so. It's really a it's just it's a complete selection conundrum. But for me, hundred percent Ben folks, I wouldn't put him in the team. I would give keeping to um to Johnny Bairstow because he can do it perfectly well. He's always scores in the thirties at least. And in, in in terms of England's like expectations, thirty runs is actually quite a lot. You know, like if, if everyone could if nine batsmen scored thirty runs, that's two hundred and seventy, and that's the highest that we scored in the ashes. So you know, I think Johnny Besto should do the keeping, and I don't really think putting Ben Folks in the team is much of a use. But what would you what would you say to justify putting Ben Folks in the team? So completely, you have a good point, and Dan Arts could be a seven, but I don't think Ollie Pope should really be in the team for me. He's just a bit like does I don't think I think he lacks experience really to be able to come in, and I think he's a young player. I'm sure in the future he'll obviously come into a test team, but. I think just for now, I wouldn't really want him with Ben Folks. I think uh, I have seen some county matches, and so he he's been doing really well for me. I think he he's been keeping really well. Uh, his batting has looked solid, and I think maybe for this series, maybe just have a go, see see where Ben Folks maybe one or two matches, see what Ben Folks can offer for this team, and if he's doing consistently well, then maybe keep him going. If he's not, then maybe bring someone back like. Maybe maybe Joss Butler, or just as you said, maybe gives the gloves back to Johnny Bester. So, but for me, for this series, I'm keeping Ben Folks in that team. I want to see what he can deliver, and I think he's been doing uh, pretty well. And in his county games, he just needs to just one thing for him. I just think he needs to just be able to step up his game a little bit because the difference between county and playing for your country it's a massive difference so obviously you need a great 11 that can do that for you so I think Ben folks uh I would keep him in for this series to start with and then see how it goes and then we'll make future plans for later yeah so I think a finishing point on this would be that there England will need to do as much, whatever they can and put the best players they can to get as much batting solidity as possible. Even if that means sacrificing, like putting a batsman instead of a bowling all-rounder, as long as we have enough bowlers to cover, I think batting, you're not going to win a test match without batting. That's just the truth. And England, after all their horrible batting last year um, and their loss of, loss of test matches, they really need to think about how can I get my batting, England team's batting to be this, as good as possible. But yeah, um, uh, for all our um, listeners, um, comment down below if you're watching on YouTube on um, who you think should be the keeper for um, England because you've got a few options, you know, Ben Folks, um, you've got Josh Butler, you've got Johnny Bairstow, Ollie Pope even. So, yeah, comment down below what you think. Anyway, let's go on to the future stars, ODI squad. We did a T21 last episode. We're going to go on to the ODI, ODI one now. 
Um, I'll read my squad out. Zaid, you read yours after, and then we'll just talk about um, the differences between our squads because there are, I can tell you, there's actually quite a few differences. Anyway, um, my squad, my two openers are Shubman, Gill, and Ishan Kishan. Uh, Zach Corley at three, Dan Lawrence four, Ratchin Ravindra five, Cameron Green six, Marco Janssen seven, uh, Xavier Bartlett at eight, Wes Agar at nine, Kais Ahmed at 10, and Umran Malik at 11. Zay, what's your squad? So mine is, well, my two openers, Josh Philippe and Ishan Kishan, then three, Zach Crawley, four, Dan Lawrence, five, Ollie Pope, uh, six, Cameron Green, seven, Ratchin Ravindra, uh, eight, Washington Sunder, nine, Nazim Shah, uh, 10, Jaden Seals, and number 11, Kartik Tiagi. Cool. So, Oh, it's funny. It's a little bit funny, but that we're talking about Ollie Pope and how you know it's lack of consistency. Obviously, that's Test cricket, but um, you've decided to include him in your ODI team at five. Uh, honestly, he's proven he can score a lot in county cricket. But um, do you really think he's an ODI player? Do you think that's his style, or do you do you not think I? Because he doesn't really. In order to be an ODI player, you need to be able to consistently keep up that strike scoring rate. Like you want to be going at um you want to at least have, have a strike rate of like an 80 to minimum 80 at the start. And then you want to try and keep up to at least a hundred, you know, a runner ball would be perfect. Do you think um, Ollie Pope can, can sustain scoring quickly or, or do you think he would sort of just, you know, um, try and score, start slowing slow, scoring slowly and then do a rash shot, get out like he has done in test cricket. Yeah. So as you said that immediately, what I remembered is I can't remember who it's against, but I think it might have been India, but, in one of one in the game in test match, Ollie Pope once played. I think he, he remember he was uh, he got like thirty of I think twenty five balls, which was actually I was actually laughing as I was watching that. It's quite quite funny because he was really he wasn't really doing any risky shots. He was just hitting the ball, and so that's what I immediately remembered. And then that for me, uh, as his whole career, I think Ollie Pope, uh, yes, he's consistently has been a bit off at times, but that's really at the adult level this is really future stars so I think uh, if we're looking in the future then obviously he's going to be doing much better and if we're looking at as county cricket then he's been doing really well and sorry and everything and I think Ollie Pope he's a young player I think um, he'll be able to do the role that I want him to do I want him to be at five just not playing massive shots just really just as, as we say at a young age just hit the bad ball and just keep the strike moving that's what I really want him to do. Just no, no, like um, rash shots. Just, just low risk option. Just keep the strike moving. And I think he'll be able to do that. Just playing, not playing any risky shots. I think uh, if he just continues to do that in, when he goes out to play county cricket, playing for England, and everything he does. I think if he continues to do that, just not getting too carried away, and then I think his consistency will improve much further. So, yeah, with Ollie Pope, I would keep him in my team. I think his consistency uh, is not as good, but I think it will improve much more. And just one thing uh, on our uh, squads, I think our top top four, I think, is fairly similar. And then the rest of it is just, it's quite funny, actually. The rest of it is just completely different. So you've got, um, for example, you've got Case Ahmed. I think, for me, Case Ahmed is more of a T20 bowler because... He's sort of a quick leg spinner, which is quite, um, I like sort of a Rashid Khan, if you get what I mean. And um, I think Keir Simon is really more of a T20 ball for me. 
again, something that immediately comes to mind to me is that very hilarious video when uh, he bowled a bouncer, Andrew Russell, without his helmet. So it's quite, quite good. Uh, um, so in an ODI squad, I think Case Army for his pace and I think he would need more variation if he wants to bowl ODI. Keep his, his bowling long spells, eight overs, nine overs, ten overs. So I think... For me, I don't think he he should be in an ODS squad, maybe a T20 squad. Uh, what do you think on that? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, I think uh, with Case Ahmed, I think um, obviously this is future stars, uh, as you already pointed out. Um, this it, I think that he can slightly adapt his game. The, the reason why I put him is that um, I think that he he just. He has a he has a pretty good amount of accuracy. Obviously, forgetting about the bouncer, like in general, he's got pretty accurate. He goes for a in T Twenty cricket, he goes for a miserly economy. He just hasn't had too many chances in List A cricket and just international ODI cricket. I think if you give him the chance and give him and keep him in the around the international team regularly, then I think he could easily develop into a better uh, T, uh, ODI bowler. Like, I wouldn't play him for Test hundred percent, but um, because I agree with you, and but I think that quick spinners can still be effective in ODI cricket as long as he's able to build that strength and sustain the pace and also have variation like Adil Rashid does. Adil Rashid has the, um, has quicker balls, slower balls, like all, all ballers do, but I'm just saying like um, Adil Rashid is generally a, a slower, a slower spinner, I would say. I, I wouldn't put him as in the quicker category, but still Kai Sama can, um, Kai Sama can build that up and that's just development. Uh, yeah. So, uh, something I just noticed now, uh, we you have Cameron Green five, Ratchin Ravindra six. Oh no, is that the other? No, one, two, three, four, five. You have Cameron Green That's six, it. Ratchin Ravindra seven. Sorry, and I have uh, I have Ratchin. Yeah, no, I've I actually got Ratchin Ravindra at five and Cameron Green at six. Um, do you think that uh, Ratchin Ravindra, like considering his, I, I was just watching some highlights of him, his performances. You know, he scored um. Uh, he scored a, um, I think he scored a century against um, West Indies A. Um, yeah, in the Under 19 World Cup in 2018, he was performing really well. And even with New Zealand, he hasn't had too many opportunities, but he's looked like he can score at a good pace. Do you th- really think he that he's done? Like, he he deserves to be at seven. Like I think he should be higher. And I understand. I think Cameron Green's your perfect number six because uh, he's just um, he can score, but he can also um, provide some solidity as he's shown for Australia. But I don't think Ratchin Ravindra deserves to be a seven. Seven's a bit too low for someone of his ability. What do you feel? Yeah, so I guess sometimes when we make decisions for a team, it's sometimes just sort of like when uh, how much of the player we've seen. I haven't seen much of Ratchin Ravindra, but I know that he's, he's a good batsman. And his bowling, I think I've really put him there mainly for his bowling. I've only put him at seven really because I know he can bat, so I'm sure he can get me some runs. But I'm really there for his left arm, left arm bowling. Uh, we know he got I mean, 10, 10 wickets it was against India. Marvellous bowling there. So for me, I think I, I don't want to put him, I, I, I don't really put it, want to put him too high. I don't want him batting too much and getting exhausted and then trying to bowl or the other way around even. And then coming in to try and bowl and then not performing as well. I want him, I want to preserve him for as, to show, uh, to give me as much, as many wickets, as many best economies possible. Um, I want him more to do with the ball. That's really my role in the team. So I guess sometimes it's like, what do you want the pet to do in your team? I guess for you, it's more of an all-rounder position. 
wanted to bat, as you mentioned, he's been really well. Um, so for me, I think he's in that number seven position, mainly to be a bowler, but I've only put him at seven because I know he can bat. So he can score me some runs whenever needed, the end of innings maybe when you need um, a few, few runs to finish off the game. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he should go at five because uh, the role I want him to be in, uh, he, I don't want him to get too exhausted if he if he's going to coming out to bowl later on. Yeah, I don't know why I'm sort of getting the feeling this is sound like the England selectors last year, because like you know preserve the players etc. But now nah, I I completely agree because we've got him in different roles. Your role is to be sort of a finisher as well as mainly a bowler, whereas my role is I want him to actually I want him to kick on. At, the reason I put him as number five is to give him the freedom to score quickly and to really up the run rate in case our top four is struggling. But um, uh, I think a uh, point a uh, point I like to make last um in terms of our bowling, um, the, the different bowlers we have. Um, you've got uh, you've got three, four paces, uh, two spinners, and or three spinners if you count Dan Lawrence. I've got one, two, three, four, five paces, and three spinners. Um, do you think you've got enough paces? Because you've got uh, Kartik Tiagi, uh, Seals, Nasim Shah, that's three. And then you've got Cameron Green. Do you think that's enough to support uh, your team? And Because obviously with a 50-over match, there's a lot more overs. And especially if someone like Kartik Tiagi, you can expect him to get hit for runs as he has in the IPL. You know, he's like, he's not exactly, he can bowl well, but he's quite expensive because he's pretty young as well. Jaden Seals can keep it tight. And Asim Shah as well. He's really fast. You've got really fast bowlers, but both expensive, I'd say. Um, do you think you've got enough pace bowlers? Or do you think you could be, if you could do the squad again, you'd put another one and maybe reduce the spinners? Yeah, I think if we're not saying Dan Lawrence is going to bowl, um, if he might bowl a couple of us, but for me, I don't think he's going to bowl in my squad. I think in those paces, I think I probably have enough. I think four is a good amount for me because you have your two opening bowlers. Let's say they bowl you a nice spell of eight overs, four overs each maybe. And then, then uh, yes, you said that some of them are a bit of expensive, but then that's what my spinners are there for. They're there to get me some wickets, Washington, Sunday, and Rapture, and Ravindra if Dan Lawrence a little bit maybe and then uh, my spinners are really there in the middle over just to get the game tight and um, get the get their overs in quicker so the over rate's not too slow so and then obviously get wickets we've seen both all the spins ready to do so I think and then obviously you have your death bowlers uh, Cameron Green and Clumsa bowl in the middle there and um, I think four bowlers is enough if I'm thinking really I think you said you had five pace bowlers I think it was I think yeah. five uh yeah, I think it depends like what, what balls have we got. If they're if their balls are really gonna get like they if they're there for your pace really, they're gonna get tied quickly, then maybe five's a good amount. But for me, four pace bowlers, I think that's probably enough. Because yeah, I think you have if we think about it logically, then you have two opening bowlers, you have two spinners bowling in the middle, Cameron Green can also slot in there in the middle, then you have last last bit of that. Last 10 15 overs, you can have your other two bowlers, our two pace bowlers bowling, and you can also have your opening balls finishing off their spells. So, I think, um, I think four ball fast pace balls is enough. I think five is actually getting a bit extensive for me. Um, really, I guess, really depends who the bowlers are, what you want them to do. And I haven't really heard of Wes Agar and Xavier Bartlett before, so I don't really know what they're going to do. What are they going to do? I'm not really sure. Oh yeah, Xavier Bartlett. Um, 
I've just sort of in the BBL. I think uh, he's more of um he would be your sort of accurate bowler. I wouldn't put him in terms of express pace. Umran Malik would be mine. Um, yeah, I think the key difference in our squads is that yours has a longer um uh, batting. Your your team can bat in, in a lot of depth. Um, whereas I think for me, I feel that um mine would be in terms of bowling potency would might be a bit more than yours. But um, I've sort of given it sort of left out a bit of the. You know, it's a bit lacking on batting, I'd say, because you've got Cameron Green. Mahir Janssen's a bowling all-rounder. He can bat, so that's... Um, and he also is a left-arm pacer. He's, like, two metres uh, tall. He's very tall, and he gets a good bat bounce and can swing it into the right-handed batsman. So he'd be my opening bowler. And they're probably open with um, Omar Malik, maybe. Uh, and then they've got Kais Ahmed and Ratchin Ravindra, middle-overs. But then I've also got Wes Egar, who gives me just another option. Him and Cameron Green could easily also occupy middle-overs. And... Xavier Bartlett, uh, Wes Agar, both in the BBL shown they have a knack for taking wickets and Wes Agar can get good speeds as well. So I think, um, yeah, so if, if we were to summarise our squads, I think yours would 100% have more batting solidity. You guys can, you guys, uh, I would still put Nassim Shah at 11 and maybe put Jaden Seals a bit higher. Jaden Seals can bat about decently, but like regardless, you guys can bat to at least nine. Um, whereas mine, probably the batting stops at around seven, eight. It will probably like it, after that. It's just you know depends on the circumstances. Can they swing and score a few runs? Um, yeah, uh, that, that that's a bit for our future ODI uh, segment. Um, if you've enjoyed that and enjoyed the episode, please uh, um, like subscribe. This is not the end of the episode, but just a reminder because it really helps us with the YouTube algorithm. Uh, last last section, small one. Um, upcoming cricket in the uh, next week or so. The main highlight would probably be the Women's World Cup starting next Friday, 4th of March. Uh, I think everyone knows Australia, the favourites. In women's cricket, Australia have had this like era of dominance and they've had um, they've actually only lost one ODI since the last World Cup, which is actually crazy. Um, but England are also in the mix because, um, uh, yeah, they've also shown, even though they've done well, they've done pretty horribly in the um, uh, Ashes, uh, they still can show that they can play and they're England always in the mix, especially after 2017 where they won. Um, there's also the India-Sri Lanka Test Series. Uh, so following on from the T20, the Test Series, more I think it'll be more even in terms of how it's been. I think um, Sri Lanka have a lot more chance. They've actually done, they're actually a pretty good Test team. Um, I'm not sure why Manindu Hasaranga isn't there, but um, he'll he, if he's there, they've got a lot more chance. Um, yeah, I think with um, Patan Nisanka, Cherith Asalanka, we talked about both of them in our T20 squads, but they, they can also do well in Test cricket. But yeah, um, that's it for this episode today. Thank you, Zaid. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, see you on the next one, where we'll be doing the Future Stars Test Squad, which will be very interesting because um, I'm expecting it to be quite a lot different to our ODI and T20 squads because, obviously, we want the type of players who can bat long, who don't need to score at quick run rates like how they have to do in T20 and ODI. Bye.